This is Not Your Average Bucket List by Only In Your State, a podcast about exploring the hidden gems right in your own backyard. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average Bucket List by Only In Your State. I'm here with my co-host, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Marissa. So before we launch into our episode today, and before we drop our weirdest South Carolina facts... Uh, okay. which I hope that you have a few. I do, I do. Um, okay, cool. So I just wanted to circle back to a previous episode we had about Florida. Um, this past weekend, I was at a birthday party. Uh, my fiance's best friend, shout out to Christy, happy birthday. Uh, so I learned she's a fan of our podcast and she really? listens to our po- Yeah, frequent nice. listener. Um, and she like randomly had an answer to one of the questions that we asked about, uh, Florida seashells. Oh, nice. And, okay. Yeah. So she told me that the official state seashell of Florida is the horse conch. Okay. Which is a giant band shell. So one of those like whelk like kind of seashells. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she said, uh, she was just like, yeah. And to answer your question, we do have a state seashell. Uh, so yeah, Showing shout out up. to Christy, Christy right? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Way to do it. Yeah. Um, so today we are talking about South Carolina and, uh, yeah. what, 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 what's the giggles? Oh, nothing. Go on. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're talking about South Carolina today. And for those of us who are just joining us at the very end of the season, Weird, but okay. And South Carolina, we're doing an exploration through the state, the best attractions, um, the best hidden gems, the best tourist spots. Basically, if you've never been to South Carolina, we've tried to curate a selection of places that you must visit. We've also been asking our Facebook audience, and uh, they've come back with some great responses too. It's kind of just like an all-inclusive, comprehensive guide to visit South Carolina, only in your state style, I would say. Yeah, yeah, because we're covering like classic spots that you need to hit, but then also like these weird things that maybe you didn't expect. Or, you know, like you said, if you were bringing someone to South Carolina for the first time, maybe you would take them to this certain beach that everyone goes to, but then also this like little hot dog stand that, you know, is strange or whatever it may be, so... Yeah. yeah, which yeah, which is like the the we talk about this all the time. The best part about only in your state.com is that we don't just find your typical places. We're also searching out these small businesses, these hole in the wall spots yeah. that I feel like have become a main focus for only in your state and also kind of for this podcast now as we're in our third season. Mhm. Yep. All right, so we're, we kick off every episode with weird state facts. And mm-hmm. I mean, weird, sometimes maybe wonderful. I guess it depends on how you feel about it. But uh, did you find any South Carolina facts you wanted to share? Yeah, uh, I'm going to share the first one, which tickled me to no end. And I hope, hope, hope that it is true. <laughs> and <laughs> is the state beverage. Did you come across this? I have not. Would you like to hazard a guess what the state beverage of South Carolina is? Oh boy, it's not barbecue uh, sauce. So it's not, is it sweet tea? No. Okay, uh, I give up. Milk. <laughs> oh. 
I mean, <laughs> I just, I was looking it up and it seemed official that they adopted it as a state beverage in like early 1900s or something like that. But still, okay, okay. that just took me for a loop because I was expecting, yeah, like sweet tea or some sort of like Southern cola. But no, we got yeah. straight up McPoyle wow. milk um, coming in <laughs> number one. I kind of love that, like in a very weird it's way. It's very that... wholesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I used to, gr- I grew up, and I don't know if it was, you know, our parents' generation, but it was like you, or like the marketing campaign, like got milk, but you need to drink milk or you will crumble into dust. Yeah. So I had it with everything, like pizza, sandwiches, breakfast. It didn't matter. It was all milk all the time. Yeah. So. Same. Yeah, yeah, milk was a was a huge component of like my childhood diet. Yeah, um, and like even even just I f- like oh you know what I could go for a cold glass of milk like it was refreshing at the time and at now the time, it's- yeah now looking back things are different things are yeah <laughs> but not yucking anyone's yum I you know I have supported milk for a very long time so um not a yeah yum, but just yeah. State beverage, milk. Yeah, very if cool. Wrong, if there's a South Carolina Christie who wants to write in and be like, no, 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 <laughs> let me correct you. Yes. Uh, wow, cool. Milk. Uh, more power to South Carolina, I guess. Yeah. Uh, okay. So one of my facts, actually, <laughs> it also involves dairy. Nice. Oddly enough, both chose uh, dairy facts. <laughs> but uh, so one of the places I'm going to talk about today is the Stump House Mountain Tunnel. That was built in 1856. So lots of history in this one. But um, there, a Clemson University professor used this tunnel to make blue cheese successfully for the very first time in the South. Because I guess like the tunnel conditions were that great for, <laughs> for cheese. <laughs> that, uh, it's a cheese tunnel, it's I guess. It's a cheese tunnel. I mean, look, if you talk about cheese, I'm going to be interested. This is like right up my alley. But... <laughs> I mean, there, I have so many questions. Like, how did he stumble upon this tunnel? And he's like, you know what? It feels like we can make cheese in here. You know, like, yeah. or was he seeking out a place in the state to make blue cheese? Or uh, yeah, like I said, yeah. For the, I think for the first time, this was like he wanted to make it for the first time in the South. The conditions were that good, and then the Clemson Blue Cheese Company replicated the tunnel's atmospheric conditions with specific air-conditioned rooms in 1958. That were like, yeah, you can't really grow cheese in a tunnel and have it be sanitary. So oh, yeah, I mean, it has a story. Apparently, yeah. I don't know very much about making blue cheese because to me, I never even considered the fact that you know high heat and humidity or whatever it is like it doesn't uh, helpful for making blue cheese. Okay, yeah, that is yep. great. That is dairy on dairy facts. Um, <laughs> I have one more, and let me. I, I always second guess myself. Uh oh. Because, you know, the internet. Yeah. The South Carolina state dance is the shag. <laughs> Which what? I was like a child. Like, <laughs> um, but apparently it's a, it's a state dance. And um, it looks similar to like a like a square dance or a line dance. The shag. Hold on. Okay. Interesting. I was going to say, I was going to guess like a line dance of sorts, but. Mm, no, I'm. Okay. So it's not. But it also is like reminds me of something that's not like a full on dance, but like a like a jitterbug or something like that. It's like okay, not a lot of steps. It's quick. It's social, and you do it, you know, when you're out having a drink. So 
yeah the shag. interesting okay anybody that's listening from south carolina that has done the shag please email or call or flag one of us down if you see us in the country yes we would love to know what the shag is how you do it is it still done uh I'm very curious if you can. Uh, How do you ask someone to dance? Is it like want to shag? Like I feel like that is. <laughs> that <laughs> what's, is... The, what's the procedure that we need to go? Through? That is gonna get you in trouble in the South, in the wholesome milk loving yes, South that's Carolina. True. Don't don't approach it like that. <laughs> Maybe it'd be like, do you want a glass of milk and to dance? <laughs> Sharing a glass of milk and then it's only natural to. Uh, to do the state dance, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's great. I need to, I'm gonna practice for next week's episode. <laughs> Perfect. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. All right. So we have a couple of really great places that we have curated for you. Um, Sarah, do you want to do the honors and kick us off for our first South Carolina stop? Yes. And I'm going to talk about one that I've experienced many times in my life and has confused me every single time. <laughs> and that is the South of the Border roadside attraction. Mm. It is off of like I-95 and a few other highways convergence. And you see billboards for this place for miles, just like South of the Border, Roadside Attraction, South of the Border, and it's, you know, the border between North and South Carolina. But it is, so it's in Hamer, South Carolina, near Roland, North Carolina, and it's this giant, kitschy, strange roadside attraction. It's intentionally campy, and to be honest, um, you know, offensive even though the creator alan schaefer claimed that it wasn't made with any racial intentions because you know their um, mascot is like this like faux mexican you know like uh, cartoon person and all that stuff so yeah. allegedly made with the best intentions but is a giant south of the border roadside attraction with like and i'm, I'm talking dinosaurs giant fish for some reason a restaurant gas station video arcade <laughs> motel truck stop amusement park mini golf course fireworks stores and a motocross training complex question mark it is wow it's just one of those things where i've driven past it so many times because it is on the trek down to myrtle beach and if you are a midwesterner myrtle beacher then yeah you would know this south of the border attraction that i've only stopped at i think once in my life because every time it's like i don't know what's going on here i'm just gonna keep on going <laughs> um, but yeah you can't miss the advertising you can't miss the billboards it's just one of those iconic roadside oddities that at the very least drive by it you'll see a dinosaur wearing us you know a, a sombrero and just be like what is what is this and why <laughs> so yeah number one south of the border that's a good one i feel like yeah. you can't really drive anywhere in the south without seeing these uh, giant billboards for south of the border yeah that it's like 10 miles, 50 miles, a thousand miles. It's like it they really promote you it. <laughs> you could be in Iowa and you're like, what the? You're always within driving distance of south of the border. Have you been? 
I have, yes. Uh, not really to enjoy it. I feel like whenever I drive past, it's because I'm just like, I got to get to get in. So I mean, I'm not like... Exactly. You have to, you basically have to go buy it. Yeah. I, I do remember the one time I stopped was just to kind of check it out and get gas on the way up to New Jersey from Florida. And something happened at the pump. I'm not really sure, but I got a full tank of gas for like 10 bucks. Whoa. And I was like, that's probably why I didn't stay to explore because I didn't want to look a gift horse in the mouth. I'm like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so what a, I mean, look, it's one of those things where you kind of want to stop just to understand. Like, it never looks open. It never looks Yeah. Like yes. That's, that's true. That gets me. Yes. 100%. That's correct. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. That's a good one, one to things. kick it off. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm just going to, I'm going to throw in the one that I was just talking about and kick it off with the stump house tunnel. Um, as we mentioned, great conditions for blue cheese. However, moving on from that. Um, so this tunnel is located in South Carolina. It's basically an unfinished railroad tunnel, which to me, when I find or come across, uh, unfinished railroad tunnels, very creepy, but very cool. Yeah. Because I just love, there's something about the railroad that is just, I love trains. I love the railroad. I love, you know, just that way of travel. And um, I love that there are tunnels still standing that a lot of them are are unused, but you could still now, maybe it's a hiking trail that you could walk through them or, you know, something along those lines. So South Carolina does have a tunnel like this that people... um, it was built before the Civil War. The construction actually oh, wow. stopped due to uh, f- lack of funds. So um, basically, it's just this giant, beautiful tunnel that visitors can explore by foot, on foot. Um, and and then just I thought the history with the cheese was so fascinating, too. Because like, great. you know, like what a unique little twist and also with these like um, abandoned tunnels and or just, you know, like defunct tunnels, it's like they, they um, get their own sort of local lore over the years. Like, I bet you there are at least like three different haunted stories associated with the Stumptown Tunnel, you know, or yeah. like there was a murder there or, you know, it's just I feel like they're natural um, places to like create stories around. So that's always really cool. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so. I am going to, let's, I, I love this. I just like scrolling through my list. I think, um, so you know what? I'm actually going to go for, I'm going to mention a town and then another town. So I know I mentioned south of the border and that's on the way to Myrtle Beach. I feel like Myrtle Beach is one of those things that in my area of the world, for some reason, is like a number one destination. No, Not, you know, ragging on it either because I went year after year after year so it's like one of those things where for me it's like yes everyone would know Myrtle Beach but if you have it it is like a you know it's a fun beachy town that you know is great for kids and families and always has a lot going on so because I mentioned it before I wanted to bring it back up um, not officially on the list but if you are looking for a beach town there's a lot going on in Myrtle but then also and more of a recommendation for this list is Charleston because not only is Charleston just like a beautiful city, but it is also a historic city and there's a lot going on in the town. So I feel like it's something that everyone should check out. So it is one that has an old city jail that has historic tours run by, um, I think like this 
bulldog tour company. And it housed like infamous criminals and pirates, civil war prisoners. And you can actually go through and, and tour it and see, you know, um, all the inner workings, which I find it fascinating, um, especially for like old jails. And then there is the is Fort Sumter is also in Charleston. You can check out the historic fort. There's the Old Slave Mart Museum, which is tells the historic aspect of the, you know, enslaved peoples and slave trade that was pre uh, prevalent in the South. And it's one of the only known buildings used for that, the slave trade that's still standing, I believe. So they do historic tours there where you can educate yourself about the history of slavery in the South. Then you have the Charleston City Market. And it's one of the nation's oldest public public markets. And I know we talked about, I think we said like Yellow Spring in Florida, like that farmer's market, the permanent farmer's market. Um, yeah, yellow green. Yellow, yeah. Yellow yeah. something. Um, I love these permanent markets that are just set up city markets and you can like go browse stalls and, you know, get a drink and get something to eat. And it's just, I love it. I'm all for it. So, and then also you have um, locations like Rainbow Row, which is a, a very well-known kind of like Instagrammy row of colored um, historical houses. So like, you know, blues, greens, pinks, that kind of stuff in the middle of Charleston. So it is just a great city to put on your list. And I feel like it's one that I've seen mentioned so many times in like the feedback where it's like, okay, we should probably mention visiting Charleston um, and the various uh, places within. So that is my next item on the list. That's great. You that was such a very um I feel like quick and comprehensive guide to Charleston that uh I wish I had before I visited last year. Um <laughs> cuz sometimes you get a place like you know that you've never been to before and it can be overwhelming with where to start. Yeah. You know, if it's like a new city or something and you're like where do I even begin? Because also I think what's interesting is Charleston for me there were a lot of neighborhoods that were very quirky and cool and yep. fun and different. But from what I researched, I never would have come across it unless, you know, I was yeah. digging a little bit deeper. Yeah. So. And that's the thing, like, especially a, a city like Charleston that is historic and has a lot of like pockets of really fascinating places. I think it takes quite a few visits to really get your, your money's worth, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, okay, so switching gears, since you touched on Myrtle Beach, one of my uh, list items was Kirk's 1890 Ice Cream Parlor. Mm. And this is in Myrtle Beach. This is a seasonal spot that uh, people go to enjoy some old school, old fashioned ice cream, milkshakes, malts, nice. uh, over 40 flavors. And it's kind of just like, you know, pure nostalgia. Uh, yeah which I love a good ice cream parlor that's been around forever and still kick oh, in. Yeah. yeah. And, and especially the nostalgic ones. Like I used to work at one where I had to have the paper hat and the bow tie and the whole thing. So cute. Yeah. Making love notes. that. Do you have any <laughs> photos of this? Can we? Yes. And I'm never sharing them. So. <laughs> <laughs> there was one that made it into the local paper even, and it was horrifying. <laughs> so, <laughs> Actually, since we were talking about Myrtle Beach, the common thread between <laughs> a few of these items, I was going to mention Brook Green Gardens and then Middleton Place. So Brook Green, Gar Brook Green Gardens, thank you, is near Myrtle Beach. And um, since its inception, it was focused on gathering sculpture on plants and on animals. So whenever you visit today, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of um 
places in the garden where you can see like various outdoor sculptures. You can see all of these like plants native to the South Carolina and also animals native to the mm-hmm. area. So it's, you know, it's an exhibition that has like a, a lot of variety. So I think it's, you know, good for the whole family. And in addition to Middleton Place, I think it's one of these big expansive places in the South that is important to visit. One, because of its, you know, cultural significance and beauty because of like what's going on in the South, but also to learn about the history of how a lot of these large gardens and plantations were um, were built. And so with Middleton Place Plantation in particular, um, so it is a, the, a plantation in Dorchester County and now a National Historic Landmark and it's the oldest landscape garden in the U.S. And the Brook Green Gardens are like the oldest, um, or one of the first, I think it's the first public sculpture garden in America. So both of these are like really iconic places. And, <clears throat> you know, uh, someone called Bernard Powers, the director for the Center of the Study of Slavery in Charleston and a consultant with the Middleton Place Plantation, they want visitors to see these places and appreciate their beauty, but also focus on the historical education. So, you know, it's one thing to hear about the history and to just like know that it happened, but it's another thing to see the plantation and understand like where the deed was done and what the implements of oppression were and all these different things. So I feel like these places on the list are two prong. Like, yes, they are, you know, beautiful spots to see. And they're like the first a sculpture garden and the biggest cultivated garden, but then you can learn about some of the different parts of history in the state. So mm. I think both of these places are um, just really I- iconic in terms of landscape. And I think they're a really important visit for other reasons as well. So uh, Brook Green near Merle Beach, Middleton Place near Charleston, but both definitely worth a visit. Cool. Very nice ads. Um I think, uh, yeah, it's great that you touched on the fact that these are not only beautiful, but they are also learning opportunities for people. Yeah. Um, and very cool. I, to me, the what was most surprising about South Carolina, because that w- wasn't really a state that I was f- too familiar with, like especially throughout my travels, but there mm-hmm. really is a lot of history here that is yeah. sort of like the crux of what this state is all about is history, whether good or bad, um, it's history nonetheless. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, you know, South Carolina really le- leans into the history that is presented to people. And, um, and I think that's, that's really, uh, cool. That's a cool thing yeah. about South Carolina. Yeah. Okay. So I am adding to this list, um, Georgetown, which is North of Charleston. Okay. And, uh, this is just a place to go. This is more of like a, a destination than a specific attraction, but, uh, Georgetown is, of again very rich in history cultural heritage um there's tons of architecture waterfront uh which is beautiful it's like just a picturesque town that uh some might categorize as like a quaint getaway might even make our list of small town getaways that we come out with every year yeah but shops eateries and it's right on the water which i think is great for people you know who just want to have a day trip or maybe a quick overnight in the state to a place that they've never been yeah I, and i've been to south carolina quite a few times i've never visited georgetown um it sounds like a great place and just one yeah. of those things that like flies under the radar yeah and the photos are absolutely gorgeous if you want to uh you know, sit at your desk while you're working and daydream uh, mm. about your next vacation. Uh, yeah, check out the photos. 
Yeah, that, I feel like that is me every single morning, actually, as I sit down to work. Like, where can I go? What, what can I do? Um, what does my mental vacation look like today? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm such... I mean, in case you don't know this, listeners, I am very much a planner, and I feel like you could learn that about both of us, I think, from just listening to this podcast yeah. and like wanting to plan out these stops <laughs> of like picking a place to go and like, oh, could I live here? And what would I do? And where would I stay? Um, all very important questions to answer. Um, so yes, Georgetown. Okay. Uh, next on my list is the UFO Welcome Center. Just kidding. I mean- I was going to, I was like looking into it. <laughs> it, it. It is a thing. You should Google it. It is very strange. And it is in South Carolina. So it's there. But no, my, uh, the next item on my list is the uh, Charleston Tea Garden, formerly like the Charleston Tea Plantation. It is the home of American classic tea, tea grown in America. It was bought out by Bigelow Tea Company. And it is on the, I want to say, Wadmala, Wadmala Island in South Carolina's low country. And there's 127 acres of tea plants, the Camellia sinensis. Sinensis? We'll see. And it is basically just a, a, a place where, you know, tea is grown in America and there's a gift shop. You can take a tour. They serve, you know, um, complimentary teas. And I just think it's like a unique place to visit <clears throat> as far as um, South Carolina and even the U.S. goes. Because I have never been to like a, a tea garden that isn't just, you know, serving other people's teas. Like they're actually making the tea there and it is our cool. US tea. So yeah, something to check out. I absolutely adore tea. Um, this mm-hmm. would, would definitely be an ad for my, uh, for my list. A hundred percent. I'm a huge tea fan. Actually, I almost brewed a cup before this, uh, but cause I'm freezing here in Florida. Um, but <laughs> so what's your go-to tea? If you had to, Normal tea, top recommendation. You know, I I was on for a very long time um, English breakfast to replace coffee and just with like a little splash of homemade creamer. Yeah. Um, but I love green tea. I, mm. I I do like, I'll also do sleepy time because I love that bear. You, you love um, sleepy time. You love just being I sleepy. do. I, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my tagline. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, I chamomile, um, gosh, you name it. I use tension Mm -hmm. tamer sometimes immune boost. My sis, my older sister makes her own teas. She always would like gift me. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. She's an herbalist. And, uh, so she would like make me bags of tea. That's like, Hey, this is for, if you have headaches, Hey, this is if you want more energy, which I think that's maybe what I secretly like. I love about tea is that it, it did ori- like originate with healing purposes in mind versus just yeah. you know sleepy time bear tea, but it does um, feel a little bit like uh, like alchemy or some sort of like yeah. craft, you know? Like it's it's very yes. cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you have I'm, a favorite I'm for a like a breakfast tea? Like the um like York Yorkshire Gold is great. I, I drink that a lot. And if I don't want to do coffee, but then Earl Grey, anything bergamot, like oh yes, ten out of ten. Lovely. We might need to have a a tea episode. Yeah. All things tea. Teas around the U.S. (laughs) Love Uh, that. Okay. So yeah, that was mine. Nice. Charleston Tea Garden. Love that. Um, So I'm going to combine two of mine here because they're both in the same area. And um, Columbia, South Carolina, if you've never been, 
Highly recommend. I had never been up until a couple of years ago. And um, the first spot is the world's largest fire hydrant in downtown Columbia. Nice. I just think this is really cool because when, you know, like we talk about this all the time, roadside attractions and the weird yeah. stuff that really uh, people stop for. And this one is worth it. It's called Busted Plug and it stands at 39 feet tall giant fire hydrant is it functional no no. (laughs) wow wouldn't that be awesome i know that's a stupid question i'm like maybe for like the turn on in the summer (laughs) no that would be so cool if it was like part water park yeah yeah wow you're on to something listen up (laughs) love that um yeah no it's not functional Uh, it's very cool and very fun to photograph and stand in front of. And uh, so I highly recommend that in Colombia. And after that, there's a historic Italian restaurant in Colombia, Villa Tronco, that holds the title of being the oldest continually operating restaurant in the entire state. Whoa, and, okay. Yeah, cool. founded in 1940. So it's authentic Italian cuisine. And it just so happens that I'm going to be visiting next week when i'm in south carolina so i will report back yes restaurant and let you know absolutely oh my gosh we're gonna have to have to do a special feature gotta record some uh some spaghettes i don't know (laughs) (laughs) whatever you get at this this italian restaurant awesome that's really cool okay so i think my next would be oh gosh what am i gonna leave to last let's talk about the patriots point naval <clears throat> patriots point naval and maritime museum put the emphasis on the wrong word there um so basically it was developed in the 70s to uh just create like a naval and maritime museum in the charleston harbor and it has um a world war ii aircraft carrier the uss yorkton yorktown yeah, Yorktown. And um, it has a lot of other ships that you can visit to as well um, and go throughout the um, museum. So you have these various ships that you can visit. There's the um, actual museum you can go through. And it is the only Vietnam experience exhibit in the U.S. You can also learn about the Congressional Medal of Honor because the society is housed there and you have the Medal of Honor Museum as well. So I know that... Um, I haven't been to a lot of naval museums or maritime museums. I've been on like one submarine tour, but it is like a unique aspect of um, like museums and history. I think that, you know, people should take the chance to see because going on um, like an aircraft carrier is a strange experience and seeing like one, the dimensions of certain rooms and how people live and how they would operate as, you know, active duty in the military. Just imagining that as kind of a um, kind of a shock to see how like these folks would live. So yeah, the Patriots Point Naval and Maritime Museum. Very cool. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, where is that in the state? You know? Yeah, it is. I want to say outside of Charleston. Let me get an actual okay. location. That would be helpful, wouldn't it? <laughs> wouldn't it be helpful? Um, so it's in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, but listed in like Charleston Harbor. Okay. So across from Charleston cool. in mountain pleasant cool very cool okay that's a good one um okay so sticking to this theme of uh waterfront uh my last suggestion for our road trip 
exploration challenge is Lake Murray. Um, th- it's over 50,000 acres, which, oh. Uh, yeah, it's it's <laughs> massive. Yeah, yeah, okay. huge, 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 and it has all these little fingers where houses are built. Um, it's massive. If if you're like in the right spot, it f- almost feels kind of like Lake Michigan, just very vast and yeah, um, almost like the ocean. But uh, yeah, it's a place to go, especially during the summer. People are fishing. They're out on their boats. They're kayaking, water skiing. Um, it's just like a fun, I love a good lake, you know, outside of just, if you don't want to really fight the crowds at a beach and you just want more of maybe a low key experience, I feel like a lake is the way to go. And Lake Murray, it's, uh, I've been a couple of times and it's just really a great place. They have an annual fireworks show that people, everyone like gathers together for and, uh, yeah, people, there are restaurants on the shoreline where you can just dock your boat and hop out, and that, yeah. that's that's the life, like boaters' life. Like going to these yeah. restaurants, docking, and then um, like doing going to finding boaters' beaches and stuff like that. That's that's cool. Yeah, sounds great. I guess I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I've been so many times too. Um, no, but that does that really does sound like a great place. And plus, like it being so so massive, I feel like it's just more shoreline to enjoy and really explore. Yeah. So. Very cool. Okay. My final mention is going to be Caesars Head State Park with a a tiny little honorable mention because I want to tie it in. It's also natural. So Caesars Head State Park is known for just like its wonderful panoramic views of mountain country and you can go hiking, camping, picnicking. It's in northern Greenville County. And it borders uh, Transylvania County in North Carolina, and you can get to it using um, Highway 276. So it is just one of those places where you see pictures from it and you're like, wow, why haven't I heard? To me, why haven't I heard of this spot before? Because you always hear about different overlooks and like the Blue Ridge Mountains and the Parkway and things like that going through Northern California, (laughs) Carolina. Um, So... Basically, um, at 3,200 feet above sea level, Caesar's Head provides a panoramic view of all of the area around it. And then you can also go to the Mountain Bridge Wilderness Area that has Ravencliff Ravencliff Falls, a 420-foot mountain cascade that just, like, it's a two-mile trail. It's strenuous and moderate, but once you get to it, just the views are amazing. And so, yeah, there's a lot of, like, overlooks with big drops panoramic views just absolutely gorgeous and there are um, I think five different flowing waterfalls you can visit in the park so Ravencliff Falls that I mentioned Cliff Falls Firewater Falls Drip Rock Falls and Rockcliff Falls so it just feels like there's a, a lot to explore in this state park and don't overlook it for some of the bigger national parks in the area and then finally I wanted to mention the Angel Oak Tree and this is back in Charleston and it's just like this iconic tree that is always photographed, very beautiful. It is a basically a historical site within the city of Charleston in a public park. And it is considered to be the largest live oak tree east of the Mississippi. And it's estimated to be between 300 and 400 years old. And like hundreds of thousands of people visit this tree every year. It's 65 feet high, a circumference of 25 feet. And it is just one of those gorgeous... Um, trees that are, like have branches that are extended or low to the ground and just like meandering branches and mini branches and fingers and things like that are just absolutely gorgeous. Um, 
I think there's also a gift shop nearby <laughs> if you mm. with a gift shop as you would. Um, <laughs> and I don't know what about it, but like seeing beautiful tree, whether it is or like the banyan trees or redwoods or sequoias and these oaks, that's just, we need to have tree podcast, podcast for yeah. trees in the United States. So wait, the trees, trees and <laughs> No, I, I agree yeah. with you hundred percent. There is something very magical about, uh, you know, being in front of a very, very large tree that mm-hmm. is almost mm-hmm. a humbling experience, you know, it really is. And just how, insignificant you are to it because like 400 years old and like going to the um sequoias and seeing them they're like a young one is like a thousand years old like yeah yeah a young monarch but still you know um yeah no i i agree with you i being in california um i remember hiking through the santa cruz mountains and not only was it just silent throughout my whole hike Mm -hmm. i was by myself solo hiking Oh, you're scary. Quiet. <laughs> like no, no, no. It was it was it was so wonderful. Um it was such a like it was such a great experience. I was just doing a solo trip in Santa Cruz and the trees there are so big yeah. and so you just you feel very insignificant. Yeah. In like a good way. It's almost like, you know, cuz we all get wrapped up in our own life and we think you know that life is the our lives are the center of because that is just kind of our perspective but then you get around these giant trees and you see that there's so much more to life and i don't know uh yeah but that's humbling and like like you said in in a very good way of like oh you know this is the real importance of life we're just here link you know this is yes it's really cool it's a great perspective Yeah. yeah That was a great way to end this episode. Um, angel tree, angel oak tree. Yeah, yeah so- starting off with milk and ending with a tree. That's <laughs> the way we do it. Love this journey. Um, <laughs> so we are going to, as we do every episode, we're going to be writing a companion article with all of these spots and more. And we're creating a map that can be customized. So you can click on the link to our map that we create and customize it however you want. So if you want to add some places, remove some places, we're going to have accommodations, uh, restaurants, some fun stuff. And then Sarah is creating these incredible playlists that are state specific. So we're going to include that as well. We're going to drop all this in the show notes. Um, Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about Florida? That was an interesting playlist. I loved it. You kicked it off with Blondie, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I loved it. I th- I expected Florida to be a little, uh, you know, interesting, I guess we could say. Um, but I also didn't know so many so many people hailed from Florida. Yeah, that was surprising. Um, yeah. And just to give background on these playlists, I'm getting uh, people who've hailed from the state, who did a majority of their work in the state, have deep connections to the state, because sometimes we'll see a couple of repeats because say someone was born in a certain state, but then they moved on and had the majority of their career in another, I tend to do a little bit of an overlap. So just FYI there. Yeah, very cool. So uh, next week is our last episode. And then we're done with this this specific season. So yeah. uh Yeah, it's going to be sad to say goodbye to this one, but uh, we do have another fun, exciting season in store. So uh, yeah, stick around. Only in Your State is an award-winning travel publisher that uncovers hidden gems and local favorites across the U.S. 
We have a presence in all 50 states with a passionate following of fellow travelers looking to get out and explore. Head on over to onlyinyourstate.com to find the best attractions in your backyard and beyond.